4: Folks at home, folks at home, how you doing tonight? I hope you're having a wonderful Friday. I know we are. Uh, You've heard me say this before. Once in a while, we are graced with an amazing guest that comes through, not via Zoom or Skype or any of that crap, but actually comes through, hanging out. Uh, Such a pleasure when we have guests that do that. Who else is coming? Uh, (laughs) <laughs> Just one, and this is a, a guy that I've been following for such a long time, and so excited to have him in the studio. Live with us tonight, Oliver Nye in the house. Yes, Woo! man. My
5: oh, man, thanks for having me, bro. Uh,
4: this is going to be a good one for you. Uh, so excited to have Halver h- here in studio with us. Uh, as always, we've got a cast with us as well, uh, doing big things for us tonight. Uh We've got, joining us via the Zoom machine, two very amazing fellas, Jersey <laughs> fellas. We've got the yes. dean of Bash University, the one and only Pete Lusick. Pete, how you doing tonight?
1: Doing, doing real good. good Looking to forward see, to hearing, hearing the fish stories from this week. Good to see week. you. We
4: don't have that YouTube? many stories, but we have a few. <laughs> <laughs> a couple small little stories for you. And then... Uh, and then handling IMs for us tonight, and keeping us honest as well, the one and only Rich, aka Riz, aka Rizzo, in the house tonight. Riz, how you doing?
2: Doing great, man. Excited to hear about uh about the 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 the, the sneak hole that you guys were fishing on today. Yeah, I saw Oliver with a with a with a big old bass. That's but- like the equivalent of like a Jersey seven and a half, eight pounder. So right. <laughs> wait to hear how that went down.
4: Right. Hey, the way
5: it's been fishing,
4: that was like a 15 pounder. You know what yes. I mean? Sure, <laughs> should have
5: seen how happy I was for the fish before that. I know.
4: Yeah. The fish before that was, uh, a one, a one three. So <laughs> Oliver, you, you, now, you get
2: it. You, you, you know, now when you see Mike go insane, when he catches a three now pounder, you know. it you all, all makes it. sense, <laughs> man.
5: It
0: all makes sense. Uh,
4: now, you know, uh, Pushing buttons tonight, making plays, making the show possible, That's to right. be quite, quite honest with <laughs> you. We've got the one and only Brian Carpenter producing. Tonight. Yes. Brian, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Yeah. You got to
5: experience some of that rough and tough oh, this fishing week this week? Yeah.
3: What's going on, Dude. Dude.
5: Come on, man. Miscellaneous Dreams was held down. <laughs> that's what's up.
4: Now that, that was worth it on its own to have a kind of a rebranding, you know, an offshoot. Yeah. I think that's worth it. Miscellaneous <laughs> Dreams. Hey,
3: you, you do what you can, man. You make, make do what you got, you know what I yes,
4: mean? Yes, yes. Yeah. And, <laughs> and real, real quick, too, I want to introduce Clint. Clint, pop your head in here real quick say hello to everybody
5: don't be nervous. What's up?
4: Clint's, going, Clint's been following us all week doing a great job working his ass it. off on the camera Clint John. we appreciate you he's even doing a little camera work tonight oh, yeah. here on the show uh nice. yeah he, he's
3: he's been known to break some stuff too yeah <laughs> we're gonna talk about that later oh, <laughs> wow. Dislocations. and
4: man <laughs> I, li- I like I like I've, I've been known to break some stuff myself mm. uh it's gonna be a great show he might have you beat Oh, man. I don't know about that. We'll find (laughs) out. Spoiler alert. (laughs) It's going to be a great show. As always, your participation is so important. Please, we want to hear from you. Please, all night, you got a question or a comment, hit up Rich on the IMs. Also, if you're watching over on social media, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, hit us up at Ike Live Show, and we'll get your questions through. For everybody watching over on Facebook, listen to me. We have a like and share contest going on. All you have to do is like and share the feed. That's all you got to do. Like and share the feed. If you do that, your name is put into a hat for a chance to win the world famous nope. Ike Life gift bag. What do you mean? I thought we're doing the Big Bash Dream stuff as, as, a, as another prize. Nope. No. Nope. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you
3: stay stay with it. Don't, don't well, get, mad. Don't get I, mad and throw why stuff. Why is the
4: bag sitting right here? Uh, we always do the bag as the like and share. Tonight we're not doing the bag?
3: That is correct. Okay. Look how mad he is.
4: (laughs) 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 No, I'm just saying, why wouldn't we do that as the like and share? And why wouldn't we do the Big Bash Dreams apparel as like a really cool like little- Because
3: that's $100 and people are going to share it on Facebook a whole lot more likely. You think? I know.
5: Okay. And there's a $60 Swim Beat on top of that.
0: Oh!
3: On top of that? Oh my bang. goodness gracious, Michael! All
5: right, you are—you are correct corrected.
3: You are incorrect in your, all your assumptions. All right,
4: like, <laughs> like and share the feed, and you're entered in a chance to win the Big Bash Dreams package, including six dollars swim minute. Shit, I want to win this thing. I know, I want to <laughs> win that swim bag. Yeah. All right, like and share the feed, uh, Rizzo. You hear that? It's not yes. for the eight live gift bag.
2: That's right. But we are going to give away the Ike Live gift bag for something else during oh, the show. What are we we'll figure out that else? out as we go. But that Ike Live <laughs> gift bag is definitely going to go out the door.
4: <laughs> okay. Yep. It's going to go out for something. Uh, this show is brought to you by a plethora of amazing companies that make it possible. Of course, our presenting sponsor, Mystery Tackle Box. It's like Christmas to your doorstep once a month. If you want to subscribe, if you're thinking about it and you're like, man, I don't know, is it worth it? It's worth it. Puts lures in your hand that you would probably never buy on your own. And if you go over and sign up right now, use the promo code IKELIVE, you get 30% off your first Elite Box or, Brian Carpenter, 50% (laughs) off your first Pro Box. Dude, that's half off, bro. That is. Half. Half. That's incredible. Uh, Also uh, brought to you by Heshy Socks. I want you to take a look at that. Brian Carpenter, can you give me a little Zoom? What What do we got for Zoom? This is like manual Zoom. This is like the, the studio from the 60s here. <laughs> uh, brought to you by Heshi Socks. Yeah, their sock game dude, is strong, Dude, bro. these socks are amazing. They're stylish. They're warm. They're comfy. And they're designed by me. So I want you to head over there. Go to HeshyWear.com. Use the promo code IKELIVE. You get 20% off your socks. Also, while you're over there, of course, the Ike Foundation socks are over there. And the proceeds to those socks go directly to the Ike Foundation. So go over to HeshiWear.com, uh, use promo code IKELIFE. Uh, brought to you by some amazing beverage sponsors, uh, founders. We're drinking, of course, the world-famous All Day IPA. Uh, and maybe a little bit of the Pilsner a little later uh, tonight. Uh, mm. Also, if you're saying, I know you're, what you might be saying, you're saying, man, I live in, Wisconsin, I live in Florida, I live in Mexico, I live in Texas, I live in Queens, the Bronx, doesn't matter. Wherever you're at, go to founders.com and they have a little little deal where you just put in your zip code and they will show you the closest Founders place. Is that right, Brian? They got an app. They got an app.
3: They got a Founders app.
4: Download the Founders <laughs> app. Makes it easy. You can find it right away. Uh, I mentioned another beverage sponsor, Tin Cup Whiskey. You see it right there? Look at that beautiful bottle. We're going to be cracking into that in just a second. And tonight, we're going to be drinking the rye, which is very smooth, a little more mellowed out.
3: Yeah, if Becky can find it.
4: Yes, we're going to be drinking the rye. If we can find the rye. Yes. Uh, Also, um, TH Marine, uh, Liquid Mayhem, Flambeau, Tackle Warehouse, Hobie, the Cadillac of kayaks, uh, and Torquedo. And uh, i got to tell you, Brian Carpenter, I was out with Vegas the other day. And his little crawl dad, yes. dude, I forget how fast that freaking motor is. Yeah, It's like warp speed. Yeah, You know what I mean?
3: Uh, What's he what doing, like 10 or something like that?
4: Well, it was funny because the fishing was slow. Yeah. And we went out there and he kind of, it was, it was bad to the point where he was like, man, I'm kind of done. Yeah. And then I'm like, I'm going to fish about five more <laughs> minutes and, and turn it into 10, turn it into 15. And finally he's like, Dad, can I run the torpedo? I'm like, go ahead. Brought us back to the boat ramp. Dude, it was like, t- I look More. back, like, dude, what the hell?
5: What is this
4: m- it's thing? It's wild, is, is man. Is it a gas? Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, uh, uh. I also, want to remind <laughs> you, we're going to be doing a uh, MTB unboxing a little later in the show. And last but not least, brought to you by Bash University, and I want to leverage my man Pete Glucic. Uh Pete, great time of the year to sign up for BU, right? Post-holidays, <laughs> uh, it's cold out. A lot of people are wanting to learn. They're not out fishing themselves. It's a great time to sign up for BU.
1: New year, new you Ooh. at bash you. Yeah, we, we have a 60 day free trial going on. It's a big deal. So if you haven't done it yet, it, it, it's a great time. And it, what do you want to learn this year? I'm really excited because I want to announce that uh, we're going to be filming with Oliver Nye tomorrow. We're going to be,
0: we're going to, yeah, <laughs> we're psyched.
1: We're going to be doing uh, some stuff like introduction. To big swim baits, uh, dealing with hard and soft plastic swim baits like like he knows so well. Like he, he showed us a, a, a little bit of his knowledge on the show on Tuesday. So can't wait to get on the water with Oliver.
5: I thought we were talking about strike indicators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, red and white, <laughs> red and white strike <laughs> indicators. Tip <Cool>. uh. <laughs> That
4: would be cool. A whole seminar on. Strike indicators. <laughs> like the little ding 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 No, a bobber. Oh, strike oh, indicator. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah.
3: Well, the, the little bell on the tip of the road. Or the bell. Yeah, yeah. The bell was always good. Yeah, I thought you were talking about...
4: It
1: indicates a strike. It does. I thought you were talking about tip-ups, like we were going to go ice fishing. That fish also
5: in indicates a strike. It
4: does. Yeah. Visual. Yeah. Anything visual is good. Uh, let me remind you, we've got a great guest for you tonight, if you're watching. Oliver Nye is here in studio with us, and again, we want to hear from you. Hit us up on the IM. Before we get the show started, because I want to start getting into conversation here, as always, want to thank our policemen, our firemen, our EMT, doctors, and nurses. Thank you guys for what you do. Also, thank our military, men and women, active and veterans. Thank you, guys. This is for sure a crazy world, if not the craziest world I've ever seen with the <laughs> events of the last couple of days. <laughs> so thank you guys for what you do. Cheers it's, to that. It's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. No kidding. With that note, I'm actually going to crack my beer. It's yes. a good one. And I want to get into it, man. I want to get into it. I, Albert, I want to corny the first thing I want to corny on, and we we got to talk a little bit about this fishing this week. But I wanna I, I want to hear it again, because I want everybody to hear this. There's a fish in everyone's life, if you become a fisherman, if you become a fish head, like we are, I could ask Brian, I could ask Pete, I could ask Riz. We all remember the fish. The one that's sort of Got you hooked, right? And got you pointed into the direction, and and it was awesome because when we were down in we were down in my shop, and I've got a lot of dude. I keep everything. I'm am a mass hoarder. You know that. You got the I've seen it. You got to peep it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But I was going through that stuff, Brian. You're gonna love this one. I was going through, and I looked down in one of my vats, and I saw the old power worms, four inch finesse power worms. And, and I had, yeah, 4-inch Finesse Power Worms. And I had like a hundred count of camo, okay. which was one of our Johns back in the day. It was. I and always thought that was a weird color yeah, as a kid. Yeah. And then and then all of a sudden,
5: you kicked. Oh, man. I
4: remember that black uh, tail John. Uh, yeah. Bro,
5: black 4-inch yep. select with the chartreuse tail. Dude,
3: this was, <laughs> dude. That was one of the ones, man. The one. Yep. That
5: was the first one. So, mind you, this is early in my transition from being a panfish and sun fisherman. Yep, yep. Uh, c- figured i uh the trout fishing with power bait and figuring out what length my leader was. Yep. Like, oh, man, I got them <laughs> dialed, right? <laughs> it's time for me to start messing with the big boys and, and try to be like these dudes I see, you know, on the regular at, at my home lake. And these dudes, you know, they come off with a little bit different energy.
3: How, how old are we talking?
5: Uh, 10 and a half, 11. Yep, yep. Yeah. Good age, yeah, man. Yeah. And uh, remember, I mean, I was fishing ultralight stuff. Literally, my first setup was a fourteen ninety nine Shakespeare spin cast combo from Kmart. Yep. Okay, and then the next one was like the nineteen ninety nine ultralight combo spinning reel, like all plastic. Yeah. Uh, whatever. I don't even remember what that thing was. So the next thing was like I knew I had to like gear up to tackle this. You know, next big thing, yeah. which was bass. a largemouth bass. Right. And uh, that rod was like a six-foot medium Mitchell rod. Ugly thing. But that's, that's all my mom would buy for me. Yeah. And she was leveraging grades to get me to, <laughs> you know, Smart. Very smart. It worked, man. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. So I had to keep my grades up, but she only got me the rod, so I had to step up from two- and four-pound line to six-pound trilene green yeah put it on that little ultralight uh reel but put it on that mitchell rod and you know bought my first pack of worms which was a pack of those berkeley select yeah four inch curl tails yep. and uh you know from my research back then because there was no youtube there was no instagram there was none of that no it was the west covina public library wow yeah did you and have to use
4: microfiche?
5: Man, I had to use <laughs> <laughs> I had to use the Dewey Decimal
4: System. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Card catalog. Go. You pulled out. Yep. You're like fishy bass. This tiny little, yes. you know, yeah. deal
5: upstairs, and I went through the encyclopedia because that you know had a three to four page spread on fishing techniques and tactics. Yeah. And saw the Texas rig in there, so I bought a little bullet weight, probably eighth ounce, uh, lead bullet weight, all black. Because I thought it made sense to match up with that black color yeah. plastic worm. And uh, these blue mustad straight shank worm hooks. And Texas rigged this thing. And, dude, I didn't know how to fish this thing. All I knew is when I pulled it, that little curly tail is like, doing something, right? So I was literally standing on this rock and just, like, swimming a worm. That's dude, crazy. Nobody swam worms in California. What was
4: the lake? What, what lake it's was It Puddingstone.
5: Okay. 15 minutes from where I lived. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually uh, in the city of San Dimas on the other side of the freeway from uh, Bill and Ted's uh, San Dimas High. Okay. From Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. How about it? Yeah, Yeah, Ah. man. Ah. And um, yeah, that was home, and I was just swimming this worm. It's mid-February, overcast day. Like, I remember all the details. Yeah. I mean, I still see that rock that I was standing on. 37-degree water? Yeah, <laughs> no. Might have been a little bit warmer, no. oh. but you know, for a ten and a half, eleven-year-old California kid, I was cold. Yeah, I, mean, I was. I was rocking my '90s like bomber jacket, you know, <laughs> soaked through. Like it was bad, man. But I got bit, and I don't even remember if I set the hook. I just don't remember. And I just had this fish on. It was about a three-pound fish. Yeah, and a good yeah. fish. isn't that amazing?
4: Crazy, Pete. Pete isn't that amazing? We've heard this from so many of our guests before where, dude, it's, it's like you're there. Like when you were talking, it was like you were there yesterday. For sure. How is that mm-hmm. possible, Pete, that, that people can remember the vivid details of that like that?
1: It's crazy. I remember, I remember struggling every minute of every day to remember things for a test at school. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I could not remember a thing, but I can remember virtually every single bass yeah. I've caught in my life. Yeah. You know, I, and I think all of us that have this, you know, yeah. feel, feel the same way because I, I can vividly remember catching my first bass on a floating Rapala.
4: Yeah. It yeah. was about a two-pounder. What's amazing, too, about that story is a lot of us had a family member that was there to sort of mm-hmm. say, here's how you do it. Here's how you rig it. And dude, you're going to the fucking library to figure oh. it out on your own. Yeah. That's, that's, that's
5: that's awesome, dope. Yeah, dude. that is dope, man.
4: That's super dope. Yeah, it was yeah. G- it
5: was wild, man. But big shout out to my moms for being down to take me to the lake and yeah. entertaining these crazy ideas and yeah. thoughts and early dreams.
4: Yeah, Brian, we've we said it before, but dude, shout out to all the moms out yeah, there the dude, moms. because yeah, our man. moms did it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brian and I and, and and Dave, we all sort of grew up. Yeah, we were uh, yeah, with, just with moms, you know, no, no dad in the house, you know. Same and they it did was, a lot, the moms a, lot of, key. a lot of sacrifice Whew, well, you know, a lot of, a lot of driving yep. a lot of things they didn't have to do so appreciate your moms out there we my all, mom my mom was a lot
1: my mom was a powerful force in kind of a different way she kicked my dad and me out of the house mm. so we had to do something so we went fishing yeah
0: know? that's awesome that's awesome
4: <laughs> that 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 strategy works too it works too
3: <laughs> see that's what i do i just try to annoy the hell out of my wife so she doesn't walk around <laughs>
5: <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like I get her that? so annoyed, yeah. I just annoy her so she much. She must she's, be annoyed as hell this yeah. week because oh. we've been kicking <laughs> it this, this week, but maybe
3: like the last twenty years. Twenty years, <laughs> she's, 20, she's, 25 plus. Yeah, she's yeah. perma annoyed. Yeah. All right, now before you do that. Yeah. We threw that same worm, but threw it on the slider head.
4: Yeah, we w- and, ah. and I was, I was talking about that. It's, it's interesting because I've heard from guys in different parts of the country that power worm was so key. Mm-hmm. But like, if you were here, it was a slider head. Gotcha. If you were in Minnesota, it was on a jig head, an open jig head. They called a right. jig worm, and it's Texas rig in other places. It was Carolina rig in other places. But it's been so interesting how broad that worm was, how
5: powerful it was. You know? I always find it extremely interesting as i continue to travel the country and now the world and and dive into different fishing species yeah are the like little subcultures around each one and how they're affected regionally it's crazy because like let let me paint a little picture for you like as i walk into my turner's outdoorsman sporting goods store in west covina it was like three aisles of soft plastics Two and a half of them were all local produced, hand poured, custom worms. Hand poured stuff, right? Salted bottoms before Robo. Yeah, and then you had the power bait aisle. Yeah. Of plastics. Yeah. So like, they were the only like mass produced worms that I were exp- I was exposed to. Right. And I mean, I fell for the hype, yeah. right? The marketing back. Oh then. yeah. Fish bite won't let go. I'm won't like, let go. makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's interesting, like the
4: rigging differences, though, because, like you talk about those hand pours. Yeah. Like I remember Don Avino and the brass. Big and shout glass. out to Don. Big man. shout out to Don. Love oh, Don. Yeah. Don. Shout out to Don. Uh, yeah. Brass and glass, but when you got like, East. Nobody threw brass and glass. Right. It was nobody.
5: Well, I was telling you, I fished mm-hmm. that finesse worm brass and glass. But yeah. my color was pumpkin seed. Straight pumpkin seed. Straight pumpkin That's seed with one. that crawfish colored 316th ounce brass and glass. And I shook that Shaking
4: thing. Shaking it. Noisy.
5: Yeah. A little clack. And I remember the first five-pounder I caught doing that still. Wow. Yeah. It That's was cra- crazy. That's awesome. It was crazy. Now, so
4: I, I, I'm, I'm painting the story. I'm, I'm imagining, you know, you start it with panfish, trout. Yeah. advanced to bass, this era where, you know, using these worms and start catching some good ones. So I know what the one was to get you involved with bass. Yeah. But I want to ask you the same question because this is probably just as important. Can you remember the one, the bass, the bite that got you hooked on swim bait fishing? Mm. Ooh. Was there one? Was there a moment, you know, when you when you look back, was it – was it this one
5: bite or was it one boil or Well, here's the thing, like it didn't even take a fish catch for me to just fall all in. Like seeing that first castake hard trout in the 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 real display case at that Turner's Outdoorsman at forty nine ninety nine retail. Yeah, like, whoa, that thing's just seeing bucks. the bait. Seeing the bait and seeing hooks off this super realistic for its time Yeah artificial lure. Right. Like dude, I want to catch whatever is trying to eat that. Right. And it, it didn't occur to me that someone would think that that's out of, you know, the realm of possibility. Right. That's, that's the beauty of being young.
4: Yeah. When was that? Give us a time context when you saw that. It was about that same time frame. Yeah. Yeah. 11 years old or so. Yeah.
5: Looking at a swim bait and a display
4: cabinet saying. Totally. What the hell? I think that thing's gonna catch something big.
5: I would hope everybody that fishes can relate. Every time they walk in a tackle store, yeah, right. You look at someone on the wants and, and and I imagine like, man, what can I catch with this? Yeah. And obviously, it took something big to eat an eight-inch bait. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I was captivated early on, and being from Southern California, seeing a weekly publication with all the fish catches, right, and guys like yeah. sending in their photos and yeah. all the lakes giving reports. And seeing, like, local dudes, uh, like like Doc Holiday, for example, he lived, like, two towns over. So, to me, he was, like, the closest thing that I could relate to. Yeah. Because most of the other guys were, like, in L.A. or in the valley, like, closer to Castaic and Piru and Lake Casitas. Right. I was on the east side of L.A. And, like, no one caught giants out of (laughs) Puddingstone. Right. So, uh, I, I was able to see that those fish were catchable. So I was inspired, man. Early on, right. Obviously, that, that that moment of inspiration to like actually somewhat figuring out how to catch them once in a while, that represented a really big gap.
4: Right. So that wasn't an overnight thing. No. It wasn't like no. you saw this bait, you went and got it. You caught instantly. No. Caught fish on it. There was a there was a process.
5: For sure. And it's funny because the swim bait craze has come and gone a few times. Yeah. Right. And comes back stronger every time it yeah. seems. But every generation that comes in. Hears about all these stories, like about your experience at Casitas and this, that, and the third, and they assume like, oh man, that golden era that I missed, but it's been so easy. These fish didn't know; they weren't educated. You could have thrown any big like hunk of wood out there and caught one. That wasn't the case. Right. Even back then, I guarantee you I was the only one throwing a nine-inch hardhead Castaic trout, you know, on off the bank. Right. And I wasn't catching them. Yeah. We, I caught like a three and a half pounder one time. I thought I was like, "Yo, this <laughs> is crazy." It was as big as the bait, virtually. <laughs> virtually, you know. And, and a couple of other guys that were in my age range that you know I grew up fishing with, like, like some of us started seeing success. Yeah. And it's like, dude, this thing is real.
4: Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I love, I love the story because there's uh, like a a mystic nature to the bait. For you sure. Know? And I want to I want to throw to you guys, too. Uh, uh, Pete, Riz, Riz, was that ever the case for you? Was there ever a bait that you looked at and it almost had like a mysticism to it? And you were like, oh, my God, look at this thing, you know, and then you went out, and got it and then caught fish with it.
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's 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 so like chalk and a layup answer for me to say this, but like it's 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 for me it's got to be the freaking stupid chatterbait like <laughs> when i when i saw the power of that thing fishing off the back of other people's boats and saw you know how effective and you know crazy powerful it was it was like damn i gotta get i gotta get tuned with this i gotta get good with this and um you know just listening now and two being on two shows with oliver now it's like it, just just hearing everything that he's saying about swim baits is really opening my eyes and, and making me think more about the power of swim baits and everything that they can do not necessarily just catching fish but just being able to get fish to show themselves yeah and you know being able to to, to draw fish out of areas that i may never have thought that there was fish there yeah. you know it's a it's really an amazing thing
4: yeah now pete i uh, before you answer i'm going to guess what yours was uh <laughs> rooster tail <laughs>
2: yeah dude
1: you're not you're close <laughs> You're, you're, you're i'm telling you see and it, it, it was back around woodstock like right you normally <laughs> Yep. And, uh, peace uh, and love
4: everybody but, was banging all over the place
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i remember these days yeah but uh ed ed cowan timed in his first bass came in 1968 wow um, amazing wow. right um but the uh 16. it was we were bait guys right dad would take us and you know we dig worms and and we'd just go catch perch and bluegills and just have a ball just getting dirty and being boys yeah and um you know dad would stop and every time we'd get to, to get bait or hooks he he'd stop at the lure wall and he'd pick a lure up and he'd throw it in the tackle box and we'd all you know we were, we were mystified by it like nothing's going to bite that How, does that really can that really work yeah. you
4: know yeah
1: and um I was a Meps Black Fury. Whoa! Black Fury. Oh. Yeah, and uh, big hackle re- in the
4: back. I remember that.
1: Yeah, yeah. black with yellow spots. Yeah, and, uh, and I remember we were up Madawoman Creek. Never oh never yeah. forget it. Yeah, um, I just was. I just revisited that spot this fall for the first time in probably forty years. Wow! Uh, I was able to get my boat up there. The trees were removed, and I could get up there. But I was doodling it around the bank and I caught like a 14 inch pickerel on a lure. And it was like the biggest deal my, in my yeah. family. It was like we, we took that fish home. I was <laughs> celebrated. You know, we called the relatives, all the neighbors yeah. came there to see. <laughs> Side yeah. note
5: I've always wondered, and I asked this today if people ate pickerel and if they're any good yeah. to eat because there are people. I actually eat. like eating pike. Yeah. I would assume yeah. they're pretty close. I
1: could I couldn't say because I was probably ten years old and there's no way I was going anywhere near fish, man. <laughs> it was like hot dogs and macaroni and cheese just <laughs> for me. Until yeah, I was thirty. Yeah, plus yeah. plus
3: we live in Jersey and, and we're not we're not eating what we're catching. Um, there <laughs> never ever uh, ever after i yeah. saw what especially
4: i saw especially not in the delaware <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah and where I, where i took him the other day was oh, yeah. used oh, yeah. to be super, a su- super fun site
3: yeah i think it was number 2 in the country yeah i was
5: waiting for my simpson's fish
3: oh god it's <laughs> clean now
4: it's cool though how everybody has like you know that bait that's like mm. was you know this mystical thing you know for me it was a 9s floating rapala like i remember being yes. young yep. I remember there it goes right there dude that's my pop's box that's the box, the actual box that I opened awesome. up and stole that lure from and caught my first big bass on it. That's, that's the go. box. That's cool. But we all have them. And Brian, I want to call you in on this. Like, I even remember like, a series of them because when we first started, when we were that 10 11 and we were doing the stupid plastic worms with the little split shot above it, you know, and that's all we knew. I was telling Oliver about oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. all we knew. Yeah. That's all we knew. Right. But when we would go into the Kmart or whatever, and we would see... I remember us looking at, like, jigs, like, skirted jigs. And it was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and you're looking at this... It's just a jig head with, with rubber skirt. And you're like, whoa. and and Or a spinnerbait. You know, we didn't fish them, but we're looking at them like, well, that thing catch fish? Are you kidding me? It's got wires yeah. and blades? Yeah. Like, I I've, I've vividly oh remember yeah. that, dude. Yeah. The bait. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, all those, like... Color selector crankbait in yeah. a kit. You're looking at, th- whoa, you know. And those are some funky colors. On oh yeah, too. like crazy, crazy. But it, but it's interesting that for you it was like a swim bait. Yeah. But I think it's part of the reason it, it, like those moments change you as an angler, right? It drew you in, right? For sure. Yeah. It, it sort of created who you are today.
5: Yeah, because I, I wanted that. Yeah. bad. Yeah. I didn't know how I was gonna make it happen. Yeah. I can't afford a fifty dollar bait. First of all you know first like right off the bat yeah so it was kind of out of the realm of possibility yeah um but once that that soft soft body hard head version came out at $29.99, i convinced my mom to buy one for me and uh the next problem was having the gear to throw the stuff cuz right. none of these swim bait specific tackle items existed back then yeah um yeah, and you've got
4: and you've got your Mitchell ultralight with six pound right, eight pound right. tri-lead green well, the
5: funny thing is like and I was telling Clint about this like man you guys didn't see my my first half to first two-thirds of my fishing career and it was very finesse based right you know, five pound maximum ultra green yeah like getting bit was like what I w- was all about right so when I, I remember catching my first spook fish on 15 pound I felt like I was cheating <laughs> <laughs> bro i felt like so had Man, cable this thing there. had no chance yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> i remember that vividly yeah. like, so it, it's funny how perceptions evolve through experience yeah yeah,
4: yeah it's funny so,
3: so steve Carey from uh fish sense lures just texted me said um his buddy made fish cakes out of pickerel this year and they were really really good wow okay. yeah now is pickerel fish cake cakes.
5: something you do with like a lesser quality fish or is it kind of like the blue crab cakes, where it's like it's really good, so let's highlight it? Uh,
3: yes. <laughs> I would say no. It's <laughs> not. You're not trying to mask anything because right. they do it with salmon with, with blue crab. Okay. Uh, yeah. No. It's just just cool. another way to eat it.
4: The biggest thing is it's bone. It's bony. If you fig- if yeah. you figure out how to remove the bones, it's got to be a decent. Yeah. Floor. When the fish
3: is just a, when it's you know not as fresh, that's when the supermarket turns them into fish cakes.
4: Got it. Yeah. They <laughs> scoop it off the floor. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I want to I want to jump back too and talk about how like people are important, you know, t- mm-hmm. to to your career. Like for us around here, uh, for uh, and I'll uh, uh, corner Pete on this too. You know, like I can run off a list of names that were important for us, you know, in the bass movement in the Northeast, right? Right. Like Ed Callen. Uh, Pete already mentioned his name. Rich Schneiderite. Randall Romig. Brian Kerschel A little later, like. These characters that were important um, you named a few, but who who were they for you, especially with the swim bait movement early on who who were some of the guys
5: Well, man, I like to go back even further like before the swim bait stuff because just the fundamentals of fishing yeah. were a struggle for me to 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 learn yeah and con- every everything was a new challenge to conquer, and there are a bunch of people, a lot of them who aren't around anymore that, that put out Information and content, like in the form of books and articles and uh, other th- other you know sources of information, that really influenced me as a kid and really set me up to be able to go to that next step. Right. Even before that, and right. the first one actually that that comes to mind was when I met on the dock the the second time I ever went fishing, and it's wild because I haven't seen him since I I saw him at my local lake like four to five years ago maybe now honestly maybe even longer like probably like six or seven and uh, his name was Steve Takuchi and he was a Japanese American dude from Roland Heights which is like three towns over from me but he was a uh, football basketball coach and uh, referee actually and he watched me struggle every weekend for about a month I didn't catch crap yeah. My line was too heavy. I was using the wrong hooks. I was literally tying overhand knots as my connection <laughs> knot. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, that, you know, I was joking double, about double that. Double knot yeah, overhand. Yeah. Like, oh, it works. It's, it's yeah. stuck there. Yeah. And so he took pity upon this poor little kid, you know, like just sitting there like a lost cause. Yeah. And, and really showed me some real fundamental basics and gave me confidence immediately. And, and his grandkid actually reached out to me on Instagram. He's like, hey, man, my dad was telling me that there's this guy that my grandpa used to take fishing, and now he does this as a living, blah, blah, blah. Is that you? And I look at his page, and there's a bunch of fishing stuff, and he said, his name's Steve Takuchi. Like, literally, like, two days ago. Wow. And I had fallen, you know, fallen out of touch with him. Yeah. And I was like, hey, man, like, how's your grandpa doing? He's like, dude, he's in his 90s, still fishing. Whoa. And he's still yeah. a badass. Like, I remember, like, he only fished panfish. And when I was fishing on what used to be the rental dock with that spinning rod, uh, brass and glass combo with a pumpkin seed finesse power worm, I had caught, like, two fish on it. And I was like, Steve, come on. Like, I want to see you catch brass. Oh, man, I used to do that all the time. And, like, kind of begrudgingly, like, just picked up my setup. Dude, he fires off a cast, like, right at the pilings and catches, like, a four and a half (laughs) and, like, (laughs) laughs it off, right? Like, here you go, kid. Like... Oh, I'm like, man. dude, you are a freaking legend! Wow, <laughs> he's a legend to me. Yeah, and, uh, and I'm looking forward to, to reconnecting with him. That's cool. Like he was probably the the very first important one, and then there were several others. Uh, a lot of those guys were regulars at that lake. Right they they kind of they kind of took care of me and mentored me.
4: So those guys were even probably more important than absolutely than like the
5: legend names that everybody would think of. Right, right, because they were there in my face, like checking me when I'm out of line. Right, and uh, yeah, those guys were a huge influence on me coming up. That's awesome. Yeah, but you know those other guys that were kind of in the peripherals, right? Like the writers, the um, the personalities, like, they obviously had an influence on me, too. Yeah. Like, Ronnie Kovac had this series of, like, instructional books that I took a lot out of. Like, I remember reading, I, it was either Fishing in California or Trout Fishing in California. was one of those. And he was talking about retrieves, and, and it might have been talking about a Castmaster or uh, maybe a Meps or, or something in that genre and talking about mixing up retrieves dude, that's stuck with me to this day. Right. Like Instead of just throwing and winding, just variation of right. retrieve. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just varying that retrieve until right. I can trigger some kind of reaction. Yeah. Like, that. That. that's crazy because it, it has totally affected my entire c- fishing career yeah. up to this point.
4: So cool, uh, Pete Glusick, to hear that. You know, you hear how instruction is so critical, you know, to learning and here all these years later, you know, you and I are doing it uh, with the Bash University. It's, it's a good feeling to know that, you know, you're impacting
5: people like that. You know? And I think I want to give you guys, like, all the roses for that because we might take that for granted now, but, like, you don't know what effect you have on some kid you may never yeah. meet. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Like, it's, it's wild, It's a man. good feeling. It's, it's cool.
4: Pete, I know you've run into people that say, hey, thank you. You, you know, you, you inspired me or you helped me get to this level and, you meet those people all the time. I
1: had one of the coolest ones down at the, the, this past classic, uh, father came up and was talking to me and, um, as he was, I'm getting emotional thinking about it cause he was getting emotional as he was telling me this story. And he's, he said, I cannot thank you. Uh, and guys at bash you for what you do because, uh, my son, you know, via YouTube fell in love with, with bass fishing. And, and I have no idea what to do i i had no idea how to get started with them and and but i signed up for bass u and i was able to help my son learn how to bass fish and it's been one of the greatest experiences of his life because it it connected him with his son yeah in in a way and and they go bass fishing now wow Uh, yeah so it's it's great because a lot of kids today Man, like we all had a family member or, or maybe somehow got lucky and got exposed to it, but today kids are finding it on the internet, yeah, and you know even if it's not in their family, yeah, and um, you know and they're they're seeking information and and trying to learn, and oh my gosh, i remember I remember finding bassmaster magazine and yeah. signing up for that, and could i mean I'd run to the mailbox, oh,
4: yeah, I remember to get
1: because it was the only source yeah you know and yeah i covered a cover you remember reading the ads like you'd read every word of the ads oh, for yeah. the 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 color selector you know yeah uh just right. just to just to pick up some just to get more invested in it you know damn yeah. man we
5: were geeks oh dude I like, seriously. It. <laughs> oh, yeah. i'm thinking back oh, to yeah. all that time i used to spend through everything i oh, had whether God. it was a you know catalog or a magazine Mm -hmm. i would just go back through it over and over same Same. i haven't heard geeks in a while yeah we did the same good pull
4: we did the same thing it was unbelievable uh uh, let's go to riz i know uh, i i haven't checked in on you while i know we got a ton of questions coming through give us some good ones what do you got
2: riz yeah, so the first one that I'm going to go with here is from uh, uh, Frankie from Slay Nation, and um, he's, going to draw, he's going to draw a little parallel here between athletics and uh, and bass fishing. And he wants to know from Oliver how ha- how did playing basketball and that work ethic that you developed in that translate into your fishing
5: game? That's a good question, man. That's complex. Good question, and it it's almost going a direct on- correlation. Because that same age where I discovered fishing, I discovered playing basketball. And I remember we used to pl- have like almost a recess before school started at my schools in the mornings. Then they'd ring the bell, and then you'd line up and go into your classes. Well, we, they let us play basketball or kickball or dodgeball. Man, those, those dodgeball matches used to be crazy. They actually <laughs> outlawed them, bro. <laughs> Yeah, First, they took away the Kids yellow balls because they're hard, and uh, yeah. it's all headshots, bro. Like yeah. straight up, uh, and then, <laughs> and then you know we always got in fight. It was crazy. <laughs> Shout out to La Puente, man. Like, it was, it was a good that, time. It was crazy. In my high,
1: in my high school, they would let the the seventh graders play against the seniors.
0: <laughs>
4: Dodge
1: wow.
0: Ball.
4: Wow. Oh.
1: Oh my god, you'd see kiss annihilation graders knocked into a loop, concussions,
4: black eyes, but bloody that, nose, I, it, crying. Oh but that's that's, it that's, was that's when they had
3: the whole school was in one classroom.
4: Oh yeah, that's uh, one exactly. that's one room schoolhouse.
3: <laughs> yeah, the one room schoolhouse. Wasn't
4: Laura Ingalls your classmate? <laughs> <laughs> hey, the little
3: wooden Jesus. desks and they had the ink well. inkwell. Pete used to yeah. dip well. Laura's, Laura's pigtails in the ink. She <laughs> hated him <them> for it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We did have a small school with double sessions, so we our seventh and ninth graders went to school for a little while with the tenth and twelfth graders, and we'd have gym and yeah, we had we had to fire it too. It had to get canceled. Too many kids are getting hurt.
5: (laughs) That's great, man.
1: But I I loved playing it, man. That's a great question because I in tournament fishing, I feel like mental toughness is 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 the most important thing, and and that is developed through sport. And I got it through wrestling. Um, and that, that was my sport. And you know, when you're, gosh, when you lose those fish, when you lose those six pounders and, oh, man, and you're in a tournament yeah. scenario and, um, all the craziness, you know, 70 mile an hour winds Well, not that much, but 20, <laughs> 30 mile an hour winds will hit you on Lake Erie. And you got to drive, you got to have the fortitude to go, you know, 20 miles out into that crap, man. Yeah. It's You got to be able to dig deep yeah. and, uh, I think sports d- delivers That's that. what Pete and, puts and his
3: singlet on. You know what I mean? Yeah. We got heavy winds, folks. Get your singlets on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't yeah, man, retain going back water, man. It just,
1: it just runs
5: off. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Go back to that basketball, right, so we don't miss this question. Uh, I remember hitting that first baseline, like, 10-footer, and, like, my friends cheering me on, like, dude, that was cool. And, and that that moment and that feeling of that ball going through that hoop, I'm pretty sure I swished it, um, <laughs> is a very similar feeling to that first bite I ever got. Yeah. It's giving me a, a really similar, like, you know, rush of wow. endorphins yeah. and, and positive return. Yeah. So my love for basketball, like, what, like it coincided with my love for fishing, and still to this day. Yeah. And, and I I've tried out for the team, made it, and kind of like fishing— like I see this a lot, right? We all fall in love with whatever activity it is and let's use fishing, for example, and and myself included, just because you love it and are passionate about it and, and consume all things fishing that may not translate to actual performance. So basketball taught me that I actually had to work right at the game to be any good. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same thing in fishing. It is. Right, Very and, it, simple. It, and there's so many parallels, man. Like, yep. the f- you know, I preach fundamentals all the time, and they're they're as important in either sport, yeah, fishing or basketball. And yeah. if you're missing fundamentals, it, it hurts you the higher you go. Right, I feel. Yeah, uh, especially when you want to you know aspire to catch a giant bass, uh, the biggest fish of your life, on a really big bait. Like man, you're missing a huge part of the puzzle. Right, you're gonna you're probably gonna take a lot of bad shots. Right. Uh, I, and you're not going to execute when you have opportunities. Yeah. So I, I urge people to be patient. It, was, I mean, it took me a long time to not completely suck at basketball. Like it really did.
0: Yeah, you had to work at it. Yeah. Like
5: yeah. It, you know, I played through high school, and you know, I, I only started my junior year, and that was for the JV team, and, like, you know, I felt like, like I was being disrespected because, like, dude, I worked hard. Yeah. I didn't have the talent like my boys did. Cause I'm still friends with a lot of a lot of the guys that I played basketball with growing up, and you know they they just had this ability that i I, I lacked and but I developed a jump shot and uh you know went from there and it's funny because to this day, especially through the adulthood, I was the only one left that really played regularly and, and it took a long time, man, but I got buckets, and I got my stops like yeah. I, I loved it, and I used that energy as fuel. Yeah. So I've always kind of operated with a chip on my shoulder, but I feel like yes. I've done it in a healthy fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Chip on the every, shoulder. Everybody and. gets negative yeah. energy. It's how you spin it and put it back out. Yeah. That's what matters. Yeah. I think that, yep. that
4: that's key. And Riz chime in on this too. Um, there's a lot of people watching and listening right now that are in the same scenario, right? Yeah. When I look at yeah. When I look at great anglers, right? I look at naturals. I would Aaron Martins, I would consider a natural. I think Van Dam's natural. A lot, a lot of natural anglers. But there's just as many good anglers that work, that have that work ethic. Riz, you can relate to this, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I so you you really just struck a, a chord with me right there when you said, you know, you have that chip on your shoulder and the way that you spin things and gear them out. I am an emotional person. You know, I and I I, I I've learned that I can't I can't I can't contain it. I got to wear it on my sleeve and it's it's who I am, it's what I'm going to do. And, um, you know, w- when, when, when you say that, it's like, you know, not everybody's the most talented guy in the room mm. all the time. But if there's something that you want to accomplish, and I say this all the time, ultimately, hard work will trump talent, when talent doesn't want to put in the time or put in the effort or put in the, you know, put in the long hours on the water for this circumstance. And you know, Oliver, for me, it was for me, it was baseball. I I, I grew up on the baseball diamond football field my whole life. Baseball was it. And I got I got hurt early in college and I was never the same player after, after I got hurt. After I broke my wrist, I was never the same guy. And around that same time in my life is when I found is when I found that well, when I got exposed to bass fishing heavily and then tournament bass fishing came into play and that competitive nature that I had, it was like, this is it, this, it
4: right the totally, this, is yeah. where,
2: this is where, this is where I, I, you know, this is where I find, you know, that, that competitive nature. And man, that's, that's so awesome to hear you say that, 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 you know, having a chip on your shoulder and, and delivering I think it's healthy. it out the right way.
5: Yeah, man. I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a chip in your shoulder. I mean, I've gotten all the way from La Puente, California to here in studio with you. To boys. New Jersey in January. To New Jersey <laughs> in January. Like, yes. that's crazy. Yes. crazy. Living the crazy, dream, Oliver. Living the dream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. I'm chasing <laughs> it anyway. But. No, but
3: but yeah. By the way, uh, we got a bidding war has broke out. Pete, if you still have that singlet, I've got a uh, Jeremiah Eads, Paul Benson, and Fat Cat are uh, they're 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 broke out in a bidding war for winning. Yeah, bidding war. Pete, uh, single And
4: think all the proceeds will go to the ike foundation yes so come on let's get this going we want this singlet pete man i i got it yeah. <laughs> yeah yes there it is jeremiah round of applause we're gonna we're gonna auction this off we'll do it at the ike foundation telethon in february is it february i think yep. it's in february i have no idea we'll auction if, your singlet off pete. i haven't heard about if, it damn, you guys are your I, telethon if, if I, yeah Jerry Lewis stuff. You dudes are next level, man. <laughs> <laughs> COVID is making the world crazy. We got to get back to Jerry Lewis shit. Sure.
2: Um,
4: <laughs> Riz, what else we got coming through on the IMs?
2: Yeah, so um, um, uh, William wants to know from you, Oliver, uh, talk a little bit about your DOS boat series when you did a little collab with the meat eater. Oh, yeah. Man, that
5: was good. Big shout out to the entire meat eater squad. Yeah, shout out to those guys. Yeah, um, it, it was incredible uh season one was back in 2019 yep and for me that was a wild year like pro- probably that that's going to be a tough year to to top just fishing experiences wise and the DOS boat episode four season one was a part of that and first time and only time i fished in florida uh, right the week of icast they scheduled our episode to be on okeechobee how does that set up Okeechobee in July, tough. <laughs> Thank you, tough. <laughs> 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 Thank you, and they gave me yeah. uh, two afternoons uh, for for April and I to to put together some fish catches for this this new concept show. Which you know, when I talked to one of uh, one of the producers, uh, you know, a big shout out to Miles um, about this project. Oh, you guys are building a little boat project. Ah, oh, I can relate to that, as you know, my 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 friends can uh, attest to my experience with little boat projects is uh it's pretty vast so it it was a perfect fit for me yeah and their premise was to take this rinky dink piece of crap boat they found off of craigslist off this really weird dude in texas (laughs) and give it to different hosts throughout this series uh, and they would make an alteration to it yeah and go out there and try and catch fish from it yeah and i think i thought it was funny because like they thought they were throwing me for a loop by throwing me this piece of crap Right? But, dude, it always comes back to perspective. Yeah. And a much younger version of me never had any of these pieces of crap. Oh, yeah. So they were all a step up. Right. So when, when you co- you're you used to not having anything, having a floating anything was like, oh. Ah. Oh, yeah. Dude, they <laughs> let me put a old tricks on it. And <laughs> and I was like, let's go. It's a jam of a boat. Dude, it, it was wild. It was fun. And then we did season two uh, last year in 2020. And they brought me back for a musky episode and panfish episode, and that was sick, except they rescheduled it because of COVID from you know a decent window in the late spring to once again mid-July during an abnormal heat wave in the Midwest. and everybody's like, "Good luck bro." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, and but we got one.
3: yeah and uh, one musky one musky. How'd, yeah. the, how'd the panfish
5: episode go? Man, you know, it's funny. It's like the whole squad kind of felt overly confident on the panfish side, <laughs> and I was like, man, I don't know. You g- people disrespect the panfish. <laughs> <laughs> they they just assume like panfish any idiot can yeah. catch them. Yeah. Like, and bro, I'm telling you, it's not the case. Like, <laughs> especially when you want to catch like a respectable size panfish. Yeah, like. It's just not that easy. And, right. dude, it was actually a struggle. And, people, you could feel, like, the energy and the the uh, stress yeah. building, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, eventually, we found a groove. Uh, you know, I was able to, to find some fish. And, and, we waxed them. It was wow. fun. But, That's those cool. guys are incredible storytellers. Uh, the way they can captivate a non-hunter in a way through their visual and audio storytelling yeah. to keep me interested. Yeah. Is really inspiring. So uh, really humble that they'd want me to be a part of what they're yeah. doing. And I hope to continue to work with them in the future okay. as they're pushing into the fishing side, yeah. hence the DOS Boat series. Yeah. Um, so please show them some love, man, because uh, th- the game could use their touch. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Uh, sp-
4: speaking of DOS Boat, what you did there, I want to back up a little bit and and talk a little bit about what got you to that point. Because it's got to mm-hmm. be, like, when I do some TV stuff, I'm still blown away that, like, I have these opportunities, right? You, you talked about it. Like, Bro, you done dude, it. Dude, the, the TV, the mm-hmm. travel. Yep. I've talked to you over the last few days about some of these amazing. <laughs> when you were younger, there's no way you, you ever would have even thought about it. Let me give you stuff. some perspective,
5: right? I was able to get to Puddingstone 15 minutes from my house through my mom. But let's talk about a Lake Paris which is 60 miles east or Lake Castaic, which is 72 miles, you know, Northwest. Those are the two closest lakes. Right. Bro, those might as well have been Okeechobee (laughs) or the Midwest at that point in my life. Right. So it's, it's crazy, man. Like we we put ourselves into these self-imposed bubbles, right? Yeah. Based on what we kind of know, what we think we know. Um, But it, it's, it's a testament that if you, if you want to experience something bad enough yeah. and are willing to, to try to figure out how to suck at life a little bit less, uh, you can do com- yeah. some wild stuff, man. Yeah,
4: it's cool. It's cool to, to, to see the journey, uh, and it's been amazing. But I want to I wanna step back, and I know a lot of people watching and listening are really anxious to hear the story of, of Big Bash Dreams. And the the beginning of that movement, and and for everybody watching, there's probably maybe a few people listening that don't know about it. I want you to check it out. Um, go to all the social sites. Just Google it. Watch the stuff come up. But the best way I can explain it, dude, is it's like, to me, it was one of the first movements, lifestyle movements, that made fishing cool you know and there were a few going on at that time that you were doing this uh the guys up up in Chicago our Cass cast, crew, our cast crew friends i think had the same effect in that area of the totally. country but it had this feel to it like when Brian and i were young there was all these new movements there was like and we were we were never good at any of them but there was skateboarding you know was starting to hit there right. was freestyle BMX <coughs> was starting B-boying, to B-boying, come on, man. There was man. B-boying, <laughs> there was breaking. Come on, man. There was graffiti writing. Right. There was all these amazing things that were like underground right. and new and raw and fresh. Yep. And, you know, to me, when I look at like Big Bass Dreams, what you guys did, it was like you took something that was underground and raw and fresh and you made it appeal to people in a very approachable way. Right, it's like dope. W- when you see the content, it's like, shit, what are they doing? They, you want to be a part of that? Tell me how all that started, because this is this is a crazy, it, very impactful. I'm telling you, that wild. whole
5: movement is very impactful for a lot of people. Super wild, man. And you made you made the comment that big bass streams made fishing cool to you, but what most people don't understand is fishing has always been cool. Fishing has always been dope, but we've only been able to consume it through this, the few people that were telling that story. Right. And portraying this activity. Right. Because as American as fishing is, dude, it's deeper than that. It's worldwide. Oh, yeah. We don't own it. No. No. We have a heavy influence on it.
4: Yeah.
5: Right? But it, it's it's a human thing. And it's always been dope to be able to go out there and, you know, at the very fundamental level, catch a fish and provide a meal for yourself and your family. Yeah.
4: That's that's stripped down. That's the <laughs> core of what fishing is.
5: Think about that. What better high was it You know, a few generations ago when like, you literally your next meal or not is ding, ding? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to eat. Yeah. Thank God Pete wasn't alive back in 1850. <laughs> he would have died instantly. <laughs> <laughs> so Wait, Big why, Fast why, why, Dreams well, never made fishing cool, man. Why, why'd Pete die? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not my I'd Peter. i caught him. Yeah. I'd have caught him. <laughs> But uh, all it is is it started with me. I'm not Big Bass Dreams. That is, that is beyond one person. Yeah. Right. Unfortunately, early on, like I had to, to fulfill a lot of that content to build this movement and this culture and this community. And man, it's humbling to see so many dope people, uh, the producer included, rocking. Big bass dreams, dude. It's it, it's like amazing. It's
4: amazing. Like I, I can tell you, I went to I took a trip to Japan. I saw Big Bass Dreams shirts in Japan when I was like, there. Yo, today, you, yeah. Today, <laughs> dude, we're in South Jersey, man. The land of South Jersey rednecks. This dude <laughs> who's just this regular dude's got a regular job, just yeah. a regular Italian dude from South Jersey, was a giant fan. He's Crazy. rocking a shirt. Bro, he, he he
5: went Clark Ken on us. Dude, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, shout out to Joe. Yeah, shout man. Big Joe. shout out to Joe, man. But
4: but like that's got to feel good because you know what you guys did, what you guys are still doing. Yeah. Dude, you're you're affecting the whole culture.
5: Yeah, man. Like fishing has afforded me such incredible opportunities to have like the most incredible experiences that I never would have really felt were possible. Yeah. So I I, I, s- I have this vision of big bass streams influencing that culture in a positive way. Yeah. Like to its fullest effect, whatever that may be. Yeah. like um, And it has. It's cool, man. It's it's really humbling. Like people worldwide, like you yeah. said, it's it's wild. We got a team in Australia, got a team in Canada, a team in Italy, team in France, Spain. It's Unreal. it's gnarly, man. Yeah. And like everybody's did super you, dope. Did
4: you know? Get to that though. And like uh, it, big bass streams. Yeah, I mean in the very beginning, were you were you ah. when you guys were like sitting around just like we are now having a couple yeah, beers. Yeah. Were you strategizing like we're going to w- have world dominant
5: or did <laughs> it did it develop on its own? So th- so this kind of how it all started. Right? And it started with my boys and dude, I play basketball and I'm undersized uh and I'm the type of dude when I show up to a new court, like I might not even get picked, if not picked last. Right? And <laughs> so y- I grew up talking cr- like trash, man. Like, I'm a trash talker. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy it to this point. Yeah. And, and, but I learned, like, you better be able to back up what you're saying. Yeah. And, and and that affected my fishing. This goes back to that earlier question. To, like, my own homies were telling me that I was full of crap and lying about some of these experiences that you got to see firsthand. Yeah. Right? And I'm sure you told people in your circle, like, oh, yo. Yeah. Like, was Brian calling BS on some of it, maybe? Like, at one they point? Wanted, they wanted to see the video but, proof.
4: Until the video proof
5: came right? out, it was... See? And, and back then, man, like, it just... I had to, like, show my boys, like, oh, yeah? Like, you seriously don't believe me? Yeah. Dude, it was, like, so- Sony camcorders that... I had a borrow from my boy Alex Arias. Shout out to Alex. Like it was a birthday gift from his mom, but he never used it. Put it on a <laughs> tripod. <laughs> and on the very very first, like yes. very first time I took it out, on the very first rendition of this dream machine, which is this Rinky Dink Valco, which I posted on my Instagram not too long ago. Like, dude, there were no GoPro mounts and stuff back no. then. Dude, this is a piece of crap boat with a piece (laughs) of crap deck and like i figured like a bungee cord like kind of to like the stern and like the side of the gunnel would like hold down the transom bro i get hit with a jet ski wake okay and and i'm just like and then you hear and i turn around i see alex's camcorder going over dude i'm fully clothed and like in one motion i'm in uh, the freaking uh. air and i grab it and i'm like trying to hold it above water and it's windy the boat's floating away and i'm like all right get on your back man like i can't. Oh, like no. it, it just happened so fast and finally i felt like the ground underneath me and i walk up right and i look and i'm holding the tripod and the camcorder had worked its way off the tripod mount like it was gone oh, oh. and i was no. like bro like i'm dead broke and this is like, you know, an expensive camcorder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, it was tough to break it to him. But I made it up to him. I gave him a GoPro a couple of years later. Um, <laughs> a couple, couple of years yeah, later? Yeah, Co- It took me a while, man. I'm telling you, it was not easy back then. <laughs> a week then. ago, he gave him a GoPro. Yeah. <laughs> so shout out to him. But I I started this this mission to capture these incredible moments that I was experiencing almost all through the big bait. Because it's behavior I never saw in the first part of my career you know texas rigging or split shotting or even fishing a don ivino splash it yeah. you know on the surface like fish did not behave in this manner for anything you know smaller than that right they just didn't and, and nobody that like, even back especially back then swim bait fishing was not popular right like the, the, the oh what are you fishing for like oh the you know the laughs and the jokes and the trash talking like we're real because it was absurd seeing this little 90, 100-pound kid, you know, with a saltwater rod and reel throwing a nine-inch bait and just, <laughs> like, what is this kid doing? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, man, I made it a mission to, to, to film this stuff, and I was actually succeeding in capturing some stuff. Like, there was, dude, it was a struggle. Like, battery life sucked. Yeah. Uh, this is, like, before, like, SD cards even. Right. Like, SD cards were, like, a new thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so you
4: actually had tape, actual tape. Right.
5: That one that fell in the water was yeah, a tape, like a mini DV. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I upgraded to like a San Sanio like waterproof thing that yeah. worked and you know, I got some some footage early and then I discovered that GoPro in like 2009 or 10, whenever that first one came out. Yeah. And uh when I came back to fishing cuz I took this two-year hiatus, um I just made sure like I was just rolling. Right. And in 2012 was when I went on this wild run. Yeah. From early January, I blanked for like four or five weeks because I had a bunch. You know, I had two years of rust to shake off. Right. Didn't catch anything. And then the first fish back was like a seven and a half. And this is like the middle of February. And it ended the day with an 11. 11 and a half was one of the two. And <laughs> I was like, yo. And Giant. That, that had me going again. Yeah. Dude, the very next day I had... A mega bag. Um, the next four days, I had mega bags. And it, dude, it just kind of came back together and I got it all on video. Yeah. So it's like, yo, come over, man. Check this out. And we're sitting there and I'm showing some of my closest friends like these videos. And, you know, this is after uh, some of the early videos came out, like Big Bait Posse, which yep. you were a part yep. of. So shout out to that whole squad, man. Uh, you guys inspired me to to put out something that I thought was special. Because, like, I was sitting there, man, like, and I kind of dabbled in the fishing industry, at least, like, regionally in the past. And, you know, with that comes attention, wanted or not, you know, drama, potentially, people, like, just breathing down my neck, seeing where I'm fishing, yeah. and, you know, potentially, like, burning my own spots, like... Back then, dude, no one shared info. There was none of this bass There was none of this tutorial. This right, bro. Info was hard earned. Yeah, through freaking trial and error, yeah. and you know, wasted money spent on baits that didn't work, and I mean, you you name it, like stressed relationships, right? <laughs> like jobs, <laughs> like throwing away schooling, like yeah. like it's bad, man. Yeah. Fishing is a wild activity. Yeah. Like, yeah, Um. So did you did
1: you get a lot of hate? Like, no, nah, not guys- really.
5: Like, there was nothing that to hate on, really, at the time, except for, like, maybe some, like, a little bit of envy slash jealousy of, like, a fish catch. But, like, right. none of this existed Right. back then. It didn't really go beyond that. But uh, I had to make this conscious decision, like, okay, if I'm going to do this and put something out there, I'm going all in. Or I'm not doing it at all. I'm just going to keep it to myself, like, show the homies. And uh, I just eventually felt like, man, this is too dope not to share. Yeah. Because, I, like, I was catching big ones, right? I was catching, uh, like, a smaller bag would be, like, 30. <laughs> yeah, with most of bag. them in the mid-30s. And, <laughs> dude, dude it's, uh, trust me, like, that's not a normal thing. Like, yeah. like, I would catch a 20-pound bag and be like, dude, I smashed them. Okay? Like, fishing in California is not easy. So yeah. don't, don't hear those numbers and be like, damn, like, the golden era. I wish I had a hot tub time machine. Yeah. And I go back <laughs> in, and, you know, and throw any of these baits. Dude, it was not that simple. Um, So it was really special what I was experiencing. And, like, dude, I I reconnected with some of my old friends, like, Carnell Lee, who I hadn't seen in, like, a decade. And I was like, yo, like, you'll never guess, like, the things that I've kind of figured out since I've seen you, homie. And he'd come out, dude, and he's throwing an 8-inch Huddleston, right? He's like, dude, this is crazy. And he watches me catch, like, four big fish. Like, one, even boatside, and I called it. He's like, hey, make sure you wind that bait all the way to the boat because they'll eat it at the tip, like. <laughs> and I swing it in the boat, and he's just like, yo, what the hell? Crazy. And, dude, and he was a great conventional fisherman. And yeah. And you see, like, in that first DVD that we put out, like, I'm fishing with all my boys. And didn't mean that they were catching them too. Right. Even though I was, like, experiencing this wild thing. Yeah. So it's not the spot. It's not even the bait. It's it's everything put together. Right. So don't think there's shortcuts to these kinds yeah. of experiences is my point. And man it was wild. Like I, I broke 40 pounds like six times. So it's for my best five. And, you know, I don't know how many sevens, eights and nines I caught because I all I wanted at the time was a, a teener. I hadn't, I hadn't caught a teener at that point yet. Yeah. So, and not just the Tina, I wanted, like, a 15. Like, I built a live well out of uh, this, like, um, Bass Pro Shops available models, like, for, for John boats. Yeah. But they had this weird, like, storage compartment right in the middle. I'm like, bro, I can't fit a 15-pounder in there. And my, yeah. my boy that helped me, George De La Cruz, laughed at me. He laughed at me, bro. <laughs> like... <laughs> and those are the I kinds can't. of, like, reactions that just built this chip on my shoulder. Yeah. Like, damn, this one really don't – <laughs> 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 you really don't know. I remember that Kohler, that Bass Pro Shop cooler. It was great. I mean, it had little cup holders. Yeah, like. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, man, we made that thing work, man. But so wish, shout out to
4: – We've seen that many a boat in South Jersey.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's how we started, dude. Yeah.
4: yeah. In our little boats. Yeah. With our
3: own action packers.
4: That's crazy. But – you know, here I, I'm, like, visualizing all this. Like, you're capturing this amazing content. Mm-hmm. It's stuff that guys aren't seeing on the norm. You, they're seeing it for the first time, a lot of people. They're putting in this DVD, and they're going, holy shit. What is, what is this? Right. But Big Bash Dreams is more than just video. It's more than just content. Right. Like, you guys created this whole lifestyle, apparel, logoing, you know, like, just a, a
5: feeling Right, a feeling yeah when you watch it. Where did that come from? <sighs> I don't even know. Like that I was just putting out what I had. Yeah. And just being myself the whole time. It right? created itself. It really did. Yeah. Because I mean, who can't relate to having big bass streams? Yeah. Like if you're making a cast with a, a fishing line yeah. with a hook, like odds are you are probably hoping for the biggest fish you can catch. Yeah. Or a fish if you're fishing. <laughs> <South> Jersey, <Mississippi. laughs> Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, I, I just think it's a concept and theme that like so many people can relate to. Yeah. And and the nice thing about like the way we came into to this realm is that I wanted to show people that although you may not have the resources to be able to be like on a Mike Iconelli level and tour the country and fish at these high levels of fishing competition, a big bass is within the reach of anybody. Yeah. Literally. That's true. Yeah. And and going back to the athlete comparison between major sports and fishing, man, uh, it is so much more difficult for an angler to break through on the fishing side than any of the five major sports. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter how good you are. Like, no one's coming to recruit you. (laughs) No one's giving (laughs) you a deal. That's true. Like, you have to figure out ways to be able to leverage yourself into a position to have the tools you need to compete against guys like this. And that's, that's not within the reach of most people, at least not in their minds initially. Yeah. Right. Dude, that was, I was like, man, that's crazy. I, I'll never be able to do that, but I can tie on a big bait yeah. and go out there and try and catch the biggest bass of my life. Yeah.
4: It's, it's amazing. I mean, it, it, it resonates with so many people and you know what you said, uh, I want everybody to listen to this. Um, the best brands, the strongest brands out there are self-created, right? I really believe that, dude. Totally. Like I'd i hear, agree. I hear so many people s- talk about like branding, and they say, well, you've got you to gotta come up with the best logo, and you've got to create a tagline, and you got to – but that's, like, artificial. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying there aren't brands out there that are strong that are created artificially. There but are. But the very strongest brands – themselves, create it themselves create or just create it by what they are. I think that's that's what happened with, with Big
5: Bass Dreams. Man, I hope so. Yeah. appreciate that, man. That's yeah. dope. It's
4: awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, let I, me I remind everybody uh, we've got Oliver Nye on. Uh, if, if you're watching or listening if you've got a question please hit us up on the IM. Uh, also, uh, you can hit us up on our social media feeds at Show. Listen, here's what we're going to do. Brian De Carpenter, yes. we're going to take a little break. We went, we went super deep there. That was awesome. We're going to take a little break when we come back, we're going to get back into it. We're going to pick it up, though. We're going to pick it up with the present. We're going to move into the future a little bit. What? And there might be a couple big announcements happening. So don't go big, anywhere. Big,
3: let me follow you up. Big yeah. announcements. Yes. There's some big guests popping in. And, guys, remember, on Facebook, there's a uh, like and share tonight's feed. There's a $100 Big Bass Dreams gift card and
5: a $60 Defiant Swim Bait. Oh, my goodness. All right. So hang in there with us. When we come back. More
0: Ike Live. Four and a half inch drop shot worm. Bama Bug. Finesse Jig, PB&J, give me something hard. Hey, DVD here. Now, I didn't always know this much about fishing. Three-aught, no, four-aught EWG worm hook. In fact, there was a time when I couldn't tell the difference between a jerk bait and a stick bait. But then I signed up for Mystery Tackle Box, the original monthly tackle subscription, and now, I know more about fishing than I do about calculus, And he knows a lot about calculus. Plus, I get amazing extras like free fishing magazines. October 2016. Featured article, Four Places to Throw a Frog. Exclusive decals. (coughs) Zombie bass. And how-to videos for all the great baits I receive. How to tune a crankbait. Is that underwater footage I smell? I got goosebumps. So if you're looking to develop enhanced fishing abilities like me, or you just like getting new tackle every month, go to mysterytacklebox.com and get your box today. Ooh, live minnows. Is it lunchtime already? Nature's candy. Uh-oh. Is he in my pocket? There's a special place in our hearts for the tools of the trade. They're what we prep for a good day on the water. They're what we clean after a good day in the field. Flambeau's patented Z-Rust technology protects the gear of today from rust and corrosion. Z-Rust, for the performance of tomorrow. Preserve. Perform. Repeat. You work hard to catch your fish. TH Marine has two products to ensure your fish survive. The Oxygenator injects 100% pure oxygen into your live well. That increases fish survival by 35%. For the perfect combo, add G-Juice live well treatment. It calms fish, stops bleeding, removes ammonia, and replaces slime coat. Get an Oxygenator and G-Juice, and keep your fish alive. Holiday season is almost here,
4: and you know? Holiday season might as well be sock season. We're excited to announce our brand new partnership with an amazing company, Heshi Socks. That's spelled H-E-S-H-I Socks. Go to HeshiSocks.com to check out my brand new Mike Iconelli collection. That's right. I have my own custom socks in tournament colors. I promise you, you will never, I mean never, find a more comfortable sock. The great news, all my socks are under $10 a pair when you use our promo code IKE20. This is perfect for holiday season. Go to HeshySocks.com, use the promo code IKE20 to get the most comfortable socks in the world.